And I said, these people are tearing me apart online. And she started laughing and she said, you ain't for everyone, boo. I'm like what? And she's like, you're not going to make everyone like you, nor should you. You have to be okay with people unsubscribing from your email list, unfollowing you and telling you they do not agree with you. They are people that will never buy from you. So do not waste your time. I'm Lindsay. I'm here to teach you proven strategies to be your own therapist that will take you from anxious to relieved. I'm here to help you feel lighter and hopeful while building a life full of meaning. I'm a licensed anxiety therapist running a successful private practice in New York City. So from someone that gives therapy and has been in therapy, I'm here to help you use the formula that moved me forward through serious anxiety in my own life So follow along as I share what works and what doesn't. This is Unlock Your Therapy. Hello, and welcome to the Unlock Your Therapy podcast. This is session number 29. Today is a very special episode because I'm interviewing Amy Porterfield. I am so excited. I'm going to tell you all about her and read her official bio But Amy Porterfield is an online digital creator. She's actually the person I've taken my foundational courses in online business through her when I wanted to pivot from being a therapist directly with my group practice and add on another company, which is Unlock Your Therapy. Here we are. And Amy's course is what I took to really learn the online business world and how to make this happen, as well as other coaches for my business. But Amy's Digital Course Academy was my foundation of how I learned a lot of what I know. And I'm so thrilled to have her on the podcast and interview her. She wrote a book, Two Weeks Notice. I'm going to tell you all about it. And the reason I really wanted Amy on this podcast with my audience is because I hear time and again from my clients and you all that you're miserable at your job. Really, it's the number one thing people talk about in their therapy sessions with me, as well as their coaching sessions with Unlock Your Therapy. And in general, the feedback I get is that a lot of people are not in line with their values, which we talk a lot about being in line with your values to create a life of meaning, which helps reduce anxiety. And that's really the number one thing is living your life in line with values reduces anxiety. And more than not, people spend their sessions talking about work. And they always say to me, I hate that I'm spending our whole session talking about work because I don't even like work, but it's the number one thing that's stressing me out and causing me anxiety, causing me misery, and really making me sick from anxiety about work. So many people suffer in jobs that they have no control over. Other people are in charge, telling them what to do. And a lot of times I see these people have a skill set that they could branch out on their own, doing freelance work, being an entrepreneur, creating their own businesses. I'm not a business coach, but I am an anxiety coach and therapist. So it was really important to me that I had Amy Porterfield on today's podcast because she gives you a blueprint and a step-by-step guide in the book, Two Weeks Notice, which you can get everywhere now. It's out and launched into the world. And she tells you how to do it. She talks about working for Tony Robbins, 
and realizing that everyone around the room at the meeting she was at had freedom in their lives. All of these men owned their own businesses and were talking about how to make money and they had freedom. And she didn't because she was working inside the company and not on her own. And she gathered all the information she could and she went out on her own. And she started a side hustle first to get her feet wet. She did some one-on-one work that wasn't her dream, but she made it work to gather the experience and then launch her business she has now, which is a multi-million dollar company. So I'm so thrilled to have her on. We're going to talk to her in a little while. We're going to get into high and low briefly today, anxiety, where we spill the tea on a hot topic in anxiety, something happening in the media, in society that's been a hot topic. And today is obviously people quitting their job and being unhappy in their jobs. That's anxiety today. And that's going to segue into the interview with Amy. For skill of the week, it's going to be to take away what you hear in the interview that she's saying to you. And in her book, she tells you exactly what to do if you're looking at wanting to quit your job or start a side hustle to start down that pathway of being your own boss, owning your own business, and in a way that's financially comfortable for you and doable and not as scary. She didn't have finances set aside for her quit date, really, but she made it work anyway, step by step. And that's really the message of her book. And actually, when I was reading her book, I was like, wow, this book is so similar to her course that I completed, which I spent a good chunk of change on. So if you read her book, you're getting a good deal because a lot of information is right there in her new book, like laid out on paper of what to do to get started, which is amazing. Okay, so let's get into it. I'm going to share with you all about Amy. Let me just get my notes here. Amy Porterfield is an ex-corporate girl turned online marketing expert and CEO of a multi-million dollar business. During her corporate days, Amy worked with mega brands like Harley Davidson and peak performance coach Tony Robbins, like I mentioned. After a fateful day in the boardroom meeting, she witnessed the lifestyle, the freedom, the work that these men around the table had, and she wanted that as well. That's when she started her exit plan from nine to five and never looked back. Through her best-selling courses and top-rated marketing podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, Amy has helped hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs turn in their two weeks notice and trade burnout for freedom, income, and impact. Amy's action-by-action teaching style provides aspiring business owners with the tools they need to bypass the overwhelm and build a business they love. Amy empowers women across the globe to take their future into their own hands, find professional autonomy, independence, achievement, and success far beyond what a corporate glass ceiling would traditionally allow. Amy's work has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, CNBC, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, and more. Her company has twice been awarded the Inc. 5000 Award for one of the fastest growing privately held companies in the U.S. Today, she runs her growing business from Nashville, Tennessee, where she lives with her husband, Hobie, and their labradoodle, Scout. And I just want to share something else with you all. So 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs, and only 20% of people are passionate about their jobs. And the pandemic really highlighted the importance of living on purpose, having meaning in your life, having your work be aligned with your values. 
And this book really helps to make that shift. So think of your values when you're listening to this interview. And I just wanted to share my personal experience with leaving a corporate job, not corporate, but a government job. I worked at a major hospital for the government as a social worker. I got paid extremely well. I had great benefits. However, they did not have maternity leave and I wanted to have a baby. So I knew that working for the government, you don't even get New York State disability. You get nothing. You have to use sick time and vacation time, which wasn't that ample that they provide. You have to save it all up, take that, then take leave without pay through the Family Leave Act, which just secures your job. It doesn't pay you anything. So I would need to use all my sick time, all my vacation time, and then just not get paid and not get any New York State disability. I wouldn't be eligible for it because as a federal government employee, you don't pay into New York State disability. So you can't use that. And I would just have to make it work and be out however long and then come back and your baby is going to be sick from being in daycare. And then you have no sick time to use anymore. It takes you like a month to accrue a day or something. So I knew that even though this job was paying me well, I started my private practice on the side working Saturdays. And then I worked in the evenings and I had a good amount of clients. I was private pay in the beginning. And I found office space that was affordable for me at the time. And through the help of my husband supporting me as well, it allowed me to leave that job and my husband's moral support more than anything else, emotional support that I could do this was tremendously helpful. So hopefully find a cheerleader that cheers you on and believes in your vision. It helps tremendously be able to take that step and put in your notice. I remember I selected a date I was going to leave. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday, I think, was my last day because I wanted to put a certain number of years in so I would get part of my pension when I left. And I picked it months before I left. And I had, I printed out a calendar, like a few months, and I highlighted that day on the calendar. And I would cross off every day that went by because I was pretty miserable there towards the end and I could not wait to leave. And you don't realize when you're in it and that's your reality that it doesn't have to be your reality. You can choose something different, even though it's scary. You can create your own reality or even just find a job that's better suited for you or find a more flexible job. There's plenty of freelance jobs available. Upwork is a great website. I hire a lot of people for my companies through Upwork and you can be a freelancer on there for just about anything. (laughs) So that's an option as well. But really when you calculate the numbers of what is taken out of your checks and the benefits you don't get, such as maternity leave, and that it's not going to be flexible for you to take care of your baby. I had a long commute. My hours were, I think it was 7.30 to 4. And a really long commute with terrible, horrific traffic. To have a baby in daycare, I I don't even know what time I'd have to bring my baby to daycare. Like at 6 a.m. and then pick them up at 6 p.m.? That's just not was not doable to me. I do, I wasn't even pregnant at the time, but just knowing that. And then when I worked for myself, I found a way to get Aflac for maternity leave. And I got two policies through them before I even got pregnant that would cover me for maternity leave when I was out. And it worked really well. And if you happen to have a C-section, it covers you even better, which worked out good for me. So 
that really did support me while I was out and gave myself a maternity leave. And then I could come back slowly when I was ready. I put my baby in part-time daycare and I would see my clients on just those days. So when you factor in having to pay for daycare, just so you could be at work as well, if you work part-time, put the baby in daycare part-time, this is just my personal experience. It worked out even better than if I were to be at work all the time because it's so expensive in New York City for daycare. Most places, I think, is so expensive for daycare, regardless of where you live. And when you really think about it and add it all up and commuting and the cost of that and the time and the cost, the opportunity cost to you and your health and your anxiety and your family, you know, that's why I really wanted to have Amy talk about this today. With no further ado, let's hop into the episode. High and low real quick. My high is that our Vermont house is done and up and running on Airbnb. If you'd like to book an Airbnb stay in Vermont, please send me a message. You can message me on Instagram. I'm at Unlock Your Therapy. That's probably the quickest way to get an answer from me. You could also email me, lindsay at unlockyourtherapy.com, but sometimes that might end up in spam. Lindsay with an E. And you can message me that way as well. So I'm so excited. We spent a month every weekend going up there to get it ready ourselves, putting furniture together with our two little kids in tow, a three-year-old and a one-year-old running around the house. We got it painted inside. We cleaned it ourselves. We put everything together, bought countless towels and bedding and got mattresses delivered and It's a very rural area, so it's hard to coordinate all of that, furniture being delivered. And I used a lot of Amazon purchases, which is a lifesaver because that does get delivered to our house up there. But sometimes they, you know, the Amazon truck can't get up the road if it snowed. So it was just an experience, but it's up and running. It's going great. We're getting a lot of bookings, which has been fantastic. I'm so excited about it. So that's my high. And I'm going up there with one of my really good friends in a week or so. And it's my first time spending also a whole weekend away from my kids. It'll be the first night I'm spending away from Everett since he was born. And it's only my third time being away from Carson since he was born. (laughs) We left him alone, not alone. We left him with someone when he was three months old because we had to go to a wedding. I left him for one night. And then I left him for one night to go to another wedding but he was home with Dan, my husband. And so this is only the third time I'm ever going to be away from him for a night. I'll be away for two nights. So I know he'll be fine, but I'm excited to just have a weekend away without my kids. That's obviously not happened. So that's my high. My low is three to four-year-old challenging behaviors right now. Carson is just having a time (laughs) with his three-year-old self. Some days are good. Some days are not as good. A lot of ups and downs. The three-year-old phase is not as fun as early three was okay, had its challenges. I don't know. I don't know when he'll maybe get through this little phase he's in right now of very challenging behaviors. But that's kind of my low because it's been tough. It's been tough on me and Dan for sure. Not going to lie about that. So if you have a toddler or three to four-year-old, I am sending you a lot of energy and patience and love. 
Without further ado, here is my interview with Amy Porterfield. So nice to meet you. You too. Thanks so much for having me. I love what you do and your topic about anxiety. I mean, sign me up. It's something I deal with every day. So thank you. Yes. I'm one of your DCA students and students of many other courses you have. And I'm so excited to do this. I also left a high paying job to go out on my own and I worked for the federal government and So leaving that big job and starting a business is something I'm so passionate about. And I'd say 85% of my clients mostly struggle with work anxiety. And we talk a lot about starting their own business and starting something from scratch and being in line with their values and kind of leaving behind their jobs that they're really unhappy with. So so this is a perfect audience for this book. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I have some questions for you. So I read your book, Two Weeks Notice, recently, and it is just a great play-by-play of exactly how to leave your job, how to start your own business, and what to do. So I was curious, did you have any hesitancy leaving your corporate job? And when did you know was the right time to leave that job? And did you have a strategy when you decided this? Oh, so many good questions. So first of all, did I have hesitancy? Heck yeah, I did. I was nervous all the way up until probably two years into building my own business did I finally start to get a little bit settled, but it was very scary. I think I worried most about, am I going to make enough money? Can I pay the bills? And also I was equally nervous, like, do I have what it takes to be a business owner? And What will people think or say about me if this doesn't work out? What if I have to grovel back for my nine to five job? So (laughs) all those fears came up for me. And the thing is, I found myself, okay, so my last nine to five job was 14 years ago and I worked for Tony Robbins. So motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. And it was an incredible job. I got paid well. I got to travel the world. I got to work on content that Tony did on stage. So it was incredible. Yeah. But what happened was I found myself in a meeting in his San Diego offices where he brought in a bunch of business owners that were building online businesses and they were sitting around this big oak table. I was brought in to take notes. I won't get into all the details. It's at the very beginning of my book, but I was brought in to take notes, which is humbling enough. But these guys, they were all guys. They went around and talked about their businesses. They had different businesses like investing, real estate, relationship building, all different walks of life but all of them had online businesses. And in that moment, I realized they were free. They were working when they wanted, how they wanted, where they wanted. They weren't on somebody else's dime or somebody else's time. And I thought for my whole life, I've had a boss. First started with my dad. He was really strict. It was his way or the highway. And then I went into the corporate world and I had bosses. And I was good at having a boss. I like to climb the corporate ladder, get promotions and awards and all of that stuff. But in that moment, I thought, I am not free and I want to be. I had this huge desire. So fast forward a year from that meeting and I officially went out on my own. But that time between deciding I wanted to go out on my own and actually doing it, that's where that runway happens and a lot of mindset shifts and strategies needed to take place. And one of the very first things I needed to do was choose an exit date. 
So Mm. once I knew my why, I wanted to be free. I didn't want to have a boss. I didn't want to answer to anyone anymore. I knew my why, but I needed a date. So about six months into after that meeting, I chose a date and it was six months from that time. So I gave myself six months to really figure this out. I put the date on a post-it note. I put it on a mirror and I looked at it every single day. And when I looked at it, I wouldn't just think about it. I would ask the question, what do I need to do today to move me closer to that date? Mm, I love that. Right? Because I was unhappy and I knew I wanted to make a change, but I needed to get into motion. It might look like I needed to call a friend and talk about my ideas or research something or listen to a podcast or buy a digital course or buy a book or whatever. But every day I was moving closer to that date. And so that's really where it happened. I did not have a bunch of money in the bank the day I left. I wanted to, but it wasn't practical for me. And I sure as heck didn't have a business plan. I just had an idea of what I wanted to do. I started to dabble with it while I was still at my nine to five job. And then I took the leap. I absolutely love that. And something we talk about a lot with our audience is everyone in my audience, including myself, suffers from anxiety. And we talk about committed action which is when you do get in line with your values, then what's the next step to move you in line with those values and taking a small step. So the post-it strategy, I love. We use post-its a lot for confidence around here and assertiveness and building up and being in line with values and bringing that anxiety with you. So that goes into my next question of how did you deal with anxiety around money? Because that's something I hear from my clients all the time is this fear and anxiety all about money if they were to not work for somebody else and not be getting that external validation and self-worth from a boss. Yes. Oh my goodness. First, I want to say that I love the work that you do. I deal with anxiety every single day of my life. And it was actually (laughs) something new to me. I've always dealt with depression, but anxiety about two years ago was the first time I felt it and thought, what the heck is what this? Is this? <laughs> I, I never knew it until, and then I have so much compassion now for people that go through it. Some wow. mornings I'll wake up and my mind hasn't even thought about anything and it is racing and my heart is racing. Yes. Just So I just wanted you to know that I know what that feels like and I deal with it every day. But back in the day, 14 years ago, when I left, I didn't, I know I was anxious, but I wasn't dealing with anxiety on a daily basis. But the anxiousness of money was very big and real for me. So anyone dealing with that, I 100% get it. And the first thing you've got to do is get realistic about your money needs. Because I know this is going to sound jarring to some, but the money you're making maybe on your nine to five job, you might be making more money than you have to make right now. If you were getting really clear about where your money's going, what you're willing to sacrifice for the next year or two to get you to your big goals and how you plan to spend your money over the next few years. Mm -hmm. So get really clear on how much money you actually need, let's say for the next year. And then from there, you want to start thinking about, well, how could this business I want to create actually allow me to get that kind of revenue? And my point being, it might be less than you're making now, but that's because in the long term, you could be making a whole lot more. If you told me I would have a multi-million dollar business when I was working in my nine to five job, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, there's no way. That wasn't what I was going for. I just wanted to see, can I make at least enough to cover my salary or maybe a little less because I I, I could probably get by. That's all I wanted in the beginning. So one thing I did is I got clear on my finances, but the second thing I did is I started a side hustle. Now, a side hustle 
is something that you can use all the stuff I share in my book to create a side hustle that could become a full-time thing. So a side hustle is you're gonna start something just to get your feet wet, just to make a little money to prove to yourself this idea is viable and I could actually blow it up into something bigger down the road. For me, I started to do social media for small businesses. I had that skill when I was still at my nine to five. So I thought, well, in the mornings, nights, weekends, I'll take a few clients and do their social media. Did I love it? No, that was not my end all be all. I just wanted to make some money on my own to prove to myself I could. And it helped me to like take that big leap to actually quit my nine to five job. So if you're having money anxiety, which most people do, and I started my business during a recession. So this time we're talking about this now, I get it. But the side hustle gave me the confidence to eventually take that leap. Right. Absolutely. I did the same thing. I started my business on the side. I did it to show that I could, I could make money. I could find an office space. And then when I was comfortable, I'd pulled the trigger. I selected a date way far out and I left my job and the money thing was an issue. But I think it's so important what you're saying when you really look at how much are you making? Can you get by on less? And for me, I knew I wanted to have a baby and my job didn't pay maternity leave at all. Not one cent. Wow. And because it was a federal job, I was ineligible for any state disability for maternity leave. So when I thought about it, I was thinking I could set up my own maternity leave and get insurance that would help subsidize that and be making even more than really the benefits I was getting at my real job. Okay. This is the kind of scrappiness I love when (laughs) you want something and you do not have that opportunity where you're at, you go make your opportunity. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. I think it's great. Okay, next question. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? Oh, I mean, so many things I wish I would have known, (laughs) which is why I wrote the book. I wrote two weeks notice because it's the book I wish I had when I was going out on my own because all this stuff I didn't know how to do. Now, speaking of not knowing how to do a lot of the things, what I wish I would have told, I would have been able to tell my younger self is that you have to be kinder to yourself. I was so mean to myself in the early years when things didn't work out. So about a year in, I decided to do a launch of a digital course I created. I didn't have an email list yet. I really didn't have a big audience. And I created this course having no really clue what I was doing. So the course was $297. I put it out into the world. It was like crickets. And eventually I got a few sales But by the time I worked out like a few thousand dollar expenses, I had made a whopping $267, not even enough to cover one unit of my course. Right. So I was devastated. I cried for days. My husband didn't know what to do with me. And I just, I made it mean something. I made it mean I'm not cut out to do this. Mm. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I've always been self-conscious of my weight. So I made it mean like I don't look the part. And so all of that set me way back to the point that I thought I was going to go grovel back for my nine to five job. And this is one year in. So I wish I could grab that girl and say, make your mistakes. That is what this is about. Putting yourself out there, trying things, knowing they're not all going to work. And that is feedback for what will eventually work. And so I wish I was kinder to myself. I wish I took more risks in the beginning. I wish I didn't take it all so seriously because it definitely does shake out as long as you stay in the game. And so I made a lot of mistakes that I outlined throughout the pages of this book. Yes. And I love those anecdotes in your book. I'm 
reading it and rereading it. And those are so helpful, even though I've, I've done your courses and everything and I'm on this journey. It's just so helpful to read those setbacks and then how you dealt with them and that you felt so strongly when you were in the moment and emotionally and then you got back up and it doesn't mean it's not going to work out as long as you're consistent and get back in the game. And yes. those are the stories that are so helpful to hear. And I love if you would tell my audience the story of Instagram comments and Ooh. how you yes. kind of changed your perspective on that. I'm on Instagram and a lot of this business is on Instagram and I totally get what you were talking about, but could you tell that story? Oh. Yes. So a few years into my business, this wasn't so early on, I had a a moment where I was getting a lot of negative comments on an Instagram post. Now to back up, I am a people pleaser by nature. I hate it, but it's true. It's who I am (laughs) at my core. I want everybody on the internet to love me, which is absolutely impossible If you ever go on TikTok, you will know that's not going to happen on day one. Like people (laughs) are brutal. And so I want everyone to love me. And so for many years, I watered down my message. I didn't want to be polarizing. I didn't want to put my opinions out there too much because then people would tear them apart. So, but being vanilla, being too watered down online, you get lost in the sea of noise. And I knew I didn't want that to happen to me. So I started to become stronger in my convictions. This is what you should do with your business. This is how you get started. And I put some stakes in the ground and some people didn't like that. So this guy kind of ripped me apart. That's wrong. This is wrong. That strategy is wrong. And then other people started to join him. Now it felt like 3 million people joined in. I think it was three people, like it wasn't even a lot, but I'm so sensitive that it felt like a lot. So I called up my good friend, Jasmine Starr, who is someone I talk to about business all the time. And I said, these people are tearing me apart online. And she started laughing and she said, you ain't for everyone, boo. Like what? She's like, you're not going to make everyone like you, nor should you. If your message is for everyone, it's like you're Santa Claus. You're making everyone happy and in a way that is not practical. And so she said, you have to be okay with people unsubscribing from your email list, Mm -hmm. unfollowing you and telling you they do not agree with you. They are people that will never buy from you. So do not waste your time. Another thing she shared a little later was if they're not paying your bills, they do not get an opinion. And that one stopped me in my tracks because I'm like, wait a second, I'm letting tons of people have opinions about my business that literally will never buy from me. If they're not paying the bills, they do not get an opinion. And that was a huge shift for me as well. Yeah, no, that's so great. And so much of my audience struggles with that, with holding on to the bad comments and you know, letting the good comments roll off. And I always tell my clients, they have to be like Velcro for the good and Teflon for the negativity in order to keep moving forward. And we are a sea of people pleasers here. And that's one of my courses is no more people pleasing. So it's all about what we do here. So I think that story is just like so helpful for people to like hold that with them. And like, if you went through that and you know, like Jasmine was so spot on with like, yeah, you're not for everybody, nor should you be. And that really refines your business and your audience as you go. So I think that's just so helpful for people to hear. Definitely. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for taking the time to be here. And my audience is just going to love two weeks notice. I have everything highlighted and notes Uh, and pinned. And I can't wait for it to come out in February. It's going to change people's lives. I so appreciate that. You know, writing a book is very vulnerable and talk about anxiety producing, write a book and you'll feel (laughs) it all. 
But when I talk to people like you that you've highlighted my book, you've underlined things, you're telling people about it, I can't think of a bigger gift. So thank you so, so much for telling other people about this book. It means the world to me. And again, I love the work that you do. So thank Thank you you. so much. It was great meeting you. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Amy Porterfield. Get her book two weeks notice. Really take committed action. We talk about here a lot, taking little baby steps, step by step. For her, it was writing her leave date on a post-it, which was months and months away, but it was just that decision she made that she was going to leave by a certain date. I did the same thing. It was very helpful. So for action item of the week, you could take that away with you. And so just pick a date if you do plan on leaving somewhere and brainstorm ideas. What else can you do besides this job that's really making you miserable and causing your anxiety to be very high? You can do something different. And I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. If you have any questions for me as well, you can send me a message on Instagram at Unlock Your Therapy. I'd be happy to chat with you. Also, follow me on Instagram because I'm launching my course soon, No More People Pleasing course. It is amazing. I'm really, the more I'm working on it, the more I'm just putting more stuff into it. So it's going to be really full of great content. That's going to be a shortcut to months of therapy. It's going to save you time and money. And you're just going to get everything you need to know about not people-pleasing, building your self-esteem and confidence. It's something learnable and trainable and teachable to build self-esteem and confidence and to feel like you have confidence. You have high self-esteem. You're not someone who doesn't have confidence, has low self-esteem. You don't have to identify that way anymore. You can have really healthy boundaries with people and still have good relationships with them and not be afraid of confrontation. Actually, in my next episode, I'm going to talk about my own struggle with confrontation and a recent example from just yesterday of how I struggled with that, but how I overcame it. So listen to my next episode for that story and stay tuned for the No More People Pleasing course coming to you. It's super low price and it's very efficient. It's six modules, short and sweet, to give you all of the concrete skills, scripts, what to say, how do you know what situation to use, which script, which scenario, how do you evaluate a situation, how do you know if you should say no to a request or say yes to a request, how do you ask someone for help and receive help, not be so fiercely independent and do everything yourself. And it's just really great content and over 13 years of doing therapy with people this is really the culmination of what I see people need in their lives these skills so that they can be assertive without being passive or aggressive so stay tuned for that have a great week everybody